22 this morning, Psalms 22. I apologize to the preacher for not being in the meeting. I have been under the weather. I don't like to admit that. I've got a good physician, the Lord Jesus, and uh, he knows where I am and he knows what my needs are. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. Psalms 22, appreciate the good preaching Brother Jared doing a while ago. And uh, thank God for preaching. It's foolishness in the eyes of the world, but the Lord loves it. And he has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save those that will believe it. So I hope uh, you got your King James Bible. And I'm not going to get through this morning. I admit that before I start. I'll preach a little while when the Lord says that's enough. I'll try to quit. So I've got more to preach. And some of the ink's not hardly dry. Some of it I jotted down this morning. Holy Ghost dealing with my heart. But I'm in uh, Psalms 22. Brother David is the penman of this psalm, inspired by the Holy Ghost. The Word of God was in the mouth of David. And uh, the same Holy Ghost that moved Balaam's donkey's tongue moved the hand of David when he was penning this down. Amen. And he said in verse number 1, Psalms 22, my God, my God, if, you, uh, if you'll pay a little bit of attention uh, to the reading, it'll really help me uh, try to get the message to you. In verse 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent, but thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. That's one reason we praise him, because God inhabits the praise. Amen. And verse number four, our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. For there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, and strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths, as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. I think Brother Jared read that a while ago. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. 
I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. Watch verse 28. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Would you ask him to help me? Father, I love you this morning. And Lord, I realize the reading of this precious chapter in your holy word. We know this morning that it's holy ground. And Lord, we're not even worthy to look upon it, to read it, or to try to endeavor to preach it this morning. But I would ask you through the blood of the Lord Jesus, you would purge and cleanse me afresh and anew. And I pray, Lord, I'd die to myself afresh and anew today and be filled with the Holy Ghost one more time. Thank you for what we've already heard, what we've experienced. But Lord, we need thee in these next few moments. I pray it open up this precious chapter in the Word of God to every heart and every mind that's uh, ever set before me this morning. Lord, save lost souls, stir our hearts and revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee. We love you, we need you, and we're beseeching you to help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. I appreciate you reverencing uh, the word of God this morning. The 22nd Psalm is one of the most precious chapters in the word of God to me. And in these 31 verses, I'm not going to get through, so I'll try to put a little meat on the bone wherever God wants to do that. But there's 31 verses in this chapter, and there are 33 prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ in these 31 verses. Think about that. 33 prophecies concerning Jesus in 31 verses of the 22nd Psalm. Most of them have already been fulfilled, and yea, all of them will be fulfilled. That part down there about the kingdom, that hadn't been fulfilled yet. Uh, Jesus is going to come back and rule on this earth for a thousand glorious years. We that are premillennial believe that. He's going to rapture the church, uh, deliver Israel through the great tribulation, and then come back in his revelation, set up a kingdom on the face of this earth. And we that are faithful in this uh, dispensation will be reigning with him as the bride of Christ and the church. And I don't have time to get into all of that. But there are 33 prophecies that I have found, tried to study in 
in the 22nd Psalm. If uh, you got your Bible, like to look for just a moment, uh, I could give you a long introduction. I'll try to get away from that. I've got four points that I want to try to get. But let me give you about seven of these prophecies. I say there's 33 of them. But look at seven of them, if you would. In verse number one, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's a direct quote from Matthew 27 and verse number 46. Those are the very words that Jesus uttered when he was nailed in anger to a cruel tree suspended between heaven and earth with the sins of the world upon his back. And he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew put it something like this, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Look secondly, if you would, verse number 6. He said, But I am a worm. If you want to jot down Isaiah 41, 14, that's where that prophecy is found. In 6b, the Bible said that he was despised of the people. Most of us know Isaiah 53. Verse number 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our grief and carried our sorrow, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquity, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And I could go on, I don't have time. Verse Verse number 6 is fulfilled in Isaiah chapter number 53. Verse number 7, the Bible said, They that see me laugh me to scorn. That is fulfilled in Mark chapter 5 and verse number 40. In verse number 9, the Bible said, God took him from the womb. That is a fulfillment of Psalm 71, 6. Look at verse number 16, if you will. Verse number 16, Psalms 22, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Notice, they pierce my hands and my feet. Anybody that's ever been in Sunday school, Bible school, under some good Bible preaching, you know that Jesus, Jesus said they pierced his hands and his feet. And you will find that fulfilled in Zechariah chapter 10 and verse uh, John 18 as well. One more, then I'll get to my message this morning. In verse number 18, if you'll look at it, the Bible said, Brother Jared read this a while ago, they part my raiments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. They gambled for the robe that Jesus wore. Let's not rend it. It was made of one piece. Let's not rend it, but we'll gamble for it. We'll cast lots for the robe of the Son of God. And they did. And that, that robe, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not still in existence somewhere. Amen. But that's a fulfillment of Zechariah chapter number 12 and verse number 10. If we could go through the 22nd Psalm, you'd find the birth of Jesus, you'd find the life, the babyhood, the boyhood of Jesus, you would find the rejection of Jesus, you would find the crucifixion of Jesus, you would see him going back to the dust, put in the grave in a borrowed tomb, you would see him in this Psalm conquering death, hell, and the grave raised on that third and appointed day, you would 
see him ascended back to the Father and you also see the rest of the story that he's coming back again and setting up a kingdom on this earth and we're going to get to reign with him, church. Thank God he's allowed us to live in this dispensation of the church age. I think it's Pentecostal, the rapture. Good preacher disagree with me. That's fine. Don't bother me one bit. Amen. But nevertheless, this 22nd chapter is from time to eternity in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we had time, we'd go through 33 of those and you'd be exalted and I'd be exalted and I'd miss dinner and you'd miss dinner and we wouldn't get to be in that fat part that's going to worship and eat, amen, that I read about a while ago. I'm not going to get into that. Let me preach one of them for just a moment. I want to preach on the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me, please, in verse number one. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, I think that's from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was a darkness over all the earth, the Bible said. And I don't have time to get into all the details this morning. Look in verse number one, if you would. I mark my Bible. I hope that you do. Here's Jesus on the cross of Calvary being crucified by the Jew and the Gentile, Herod and Pilate. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Let me pray for just a little while on the cry of the crucified. The cry of the crucified. Notice what he cried. And he never cried as far as I'm concerned to get away from the cross. He was praying in the garden to get to the cross is what I think. Hebrews 5, 7 I think verifies that. But Jesus is on the cross of Calvary in the 22nd Psalm and he cries, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? His cry was why. I heard as a young man years and years ago, don't ever ask God why. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all if you'll study your Bible. God is not offended when you ask Him why. There's been some whys in my life in the last 57 years. I couldn't understand, still don't understand some of the things God does. If I'd have been God and uh, uh, I'm His child and He's my Father and I'd have the power, I'd have healed my body, let me come over here and shout with you and hear the word of God preached this week. If I'd have been God, I'd have let me sleep two or three good nights and be able to preach this morning. Amen. So there may be some whys in your life. Jesus himself asked the Father, why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? The cry of the crucified has a W-H-Y with a big big question mark at the end of it. And after you get saved by the grace of God, you rest assured there will be times in your life when you don't have the answer and you don't know the answer. Here's what you have to do. God loves you too much to do you wrong. He's too wise to make a mistake. And you just have to have enough faith to trust Him and believe Him 
in and claim Romans 8, 28, that all things are going to work together for your good and God's glory. You just wait till God gets ready and God will fulfill every prophecy, every promise He ever gave you in the Word of God. Ours is not to reason why necessarily, but ours to just go ahead and do or die and do the will of God. He asked him first of all, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Look in the verse, verse number one. Follow me, I'll be through here shortly. First of all, Brother Jared, in verse number one, he's unhelped. You see it? Why? Hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? Here is the Son of God nailed to a cruel tree at the place of the skull, and he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? I'm preaching this morning. His first cry was a cry, Why am I unhelped? The Bible said he could have called 12 legions of angels and they would have come and set him free. What a wonderful song you don't hear much of about anymore. If I wasn't so crouped up, I'd rear back and sing a verse. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and set him free. But he didn't do that, are you listening? And the Father did not commission those angels to come and set the God for his city of sons, the Son of God free. He let him die on the cross of Calvary. Why didn't he help him? The answer's in the verse. If you've got a question about your Bible, read a little bit, and you'll probably find the question in the Bible. You'll find the answer to it. Look at verse number one. He's unhelped. Would you agree with that? Why art thou so far from helping me? He's unhelped. The reason he's unhelped is because the first part of verse number one, he said, Thou hast forsaken me. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, bled up the cobblestone streets, nailed in anger to the tree, shed his life's given blood that we might be saved by the grace of God, and he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did he forsake him? That's why he's not helped, because God the Father has forsaken him. The Bible said that God is of pure eyes to behold evil, I think Habakkuk said that, and cannot look upon iniquity. And when Jesus Christ took your sin and took my sin on the cross of Calvary, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God the Father hath made God the Son to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus became sin that you and I might become righteous. Are you listening? When Jesus was crucified on the cross of Calvary, He spoke seven times. Seven utterances come out of His mouth when He was on the cross. Brother Jared, the first one was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The last one, number seven, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he dropped his chin on a breathless chest and dismissed the spirit from his body back into the hands of the Father. First one he said, Father, forgive them. The seventh one, the last one, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. 
Would anybody happen, and I studied it's a reason I know, would anybody happen to know what the fourth one was? Three on this side, three on that side, and one standing in the middle. Here's that fourth one, Brother Jared. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Three on the left, three on the right, standing in the middle. He doesn't address him as Father. He addresses him as God. Are you listening to me? The Father of the Lord Jesus Christ became His God and He judged sin on the cross of Calvary as sins of the whole world ever sin and ever was committed, is been committed, ever shall be committed. Every one of those sins was placed on Jesus and God the Father became God the Judge and neighbor, He judged the Son of God at Calvary and turned His back upon Him and found Him guilty of love in the first degree and he sentenced him to death are you listening to me the wages of sin is death Jesus had to die and the father wasn't going to put him to death but the God the judge became his judge and dropped the gavel on the son of God and said guilty unto death and he took the death sins upon him and paid the sin debt that you and I might be saved by the grace of God Hallelujah, we ought to take our shoes off and crawl around on the holy ground. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Father, became His God and forsook Him. Now listen to me. You're here this morning, listen to me preach. You can trust God as your Father. He wants to be your Father. Or you can continue in your sin and hold on to your sin and procrastinate and put it off and put it off and put it off until you die in your sin and that loving Heavenly Father that so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That loving Father will become your God and He will judge you and He'll have to because He's too holy. He'll have to forsake you and cast you into the bottomless pit. The Father became the God of the Lord Jesus. Now I know that's getting deeper than I'm probably getting. That gets you out on a limb that I probably may not get back off of. But who can understand the holiness of God? I had a preacher call me a couple weeks ago and he, would, he had preached something. Somebody disagreed with it. That's not hard to do today. But they were arguing about how long Jesus was in the tomb and where He was and all of that. And I said, son, Jesus was a triune being just like I am and like you are. And I got to hurry. When He's on the cross, He literally died. Would you agree with that? Just before he died, Brother Jared, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he dismissed the spirit from his body, willingly died, dismissed the spirit into the hands of the Father. They took his body down and placed it in Joseph's tomb. We don't have a problem with that, do we? The Bible said in the psalm that his soul 
descended into the lower parts of the earth and he led captive captive and gave gifts unto men and told the Old Testament saying, Death has conquered sin and the sin debt has been paid and the blood has been shed and they were his spirits with the Father. His body is in the tomb and his soul is in the heart of the earth and he led those Old Testament saints out of there and took them back into glory in the paradise with glory to God. Are you listening to me? And they were fighting over where he was. I said, which part you, which part you talking about? His body's in the tomb, his spirit with the Father, and his soul descended into hell, the lower parts of the earth, and these two chambers, and I don't have time to get into that, but he descended into paradise, the heart of the earth, and brought him out of there, and moved paradise into the presence of the Father, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, but such a one caught up to the third heaven, and in into paradise. Paradise is not down now. Paradise is up in the presence of the Father. If I drop dead up here preaching from a coronary, they'll take me and bury me out on Highway 29 in Greer where I gave the my life to serve Jesus there. But I'm telling you, my soul, spirit's not going down. It's going to wave goodbye, farewell, sweet hour prayer, and I'll be in the presence of Jesus forever and forever and forever. His cry on the cross is why, why don't you help me? He couldn't help him. He was sinned. Are you listening to me? God the Father, God the Judge, can't help a sinner that rejects Him and rejects Him and dies without Him. You die without Jesus, God can't help you. He was unhelped. Look at verse number 2. Help us, Jesus. I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. He was not only crying because he was unhelped, he was crying because he was unheard. Everybody won't agree with this, that's fine with me. John 9 31 says, we know that God heareth not sinners. A man that's unsaved doesn't have a high priest to represent him between him and God the Father. He didn't have a mediator between God and men. I can quote you 2 Timothy chapter 2 if you want me to. But there's one mediator between God and men, the Christ Jesus, man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. And I know, somebody say, I know he heard my prayer. I've never come to an altar. I've never repented. I've never asked him to save me. But he answers my prayer. I'm telling you, you are deceived. You got bats in your belfry and room in the attic for rent. Somebody else prayed for you. Mama prayed for you. Dad prayed for you. The preacher prayed for you. I prayed for you. The church prayed for you. But God cannot hear a sinner that will not trust the Lord Jesus as his Savior. And there's good writers disagree with that, and that's fine. This is my 30 minutes, so let me tell you, if you're unsaved, you can pray until you're blue in the face. God doesn't answer your prayer. 
you're praying words, you're expressing sorrow out of your heart maybe, but in you, until you pray a sinner's prayer, God doesn't answer your prayer. Some of you men been in Korea and you may have been on the other side of the world, in Iraq or somewhere, defending this nation. My hat's off to you. Thank God for you. I didn't get to go. My wife was expecting our baby and they didn't let me go. And I would have been willing to go. Amen. But I'm telling you this. Thank God for you. You may say, well, I prayed in a foxhole. I prayed in the jungle. And God let me come home safely. Well, you may have prayed, but you had a little church back here in the corner of nowhere begging God to spare you and a poor broken hearted mother or grandmother praying for God to save you and help you and bring you home it wasn't your prayer that he heard it was somebody else's prayer if he wouldn't hear the prayer of Jesus when he was on the cross of Calvary here all the sins of the world upon him 2 Corinthians 5 21 all of them that's yours and mine and everybody else and those sins were upon him and God turned his back upon him and said I can't hear you prayer there's a gulf Luke 16 there's a gulf and an expanse so wide that the sinner's prayer cannot go from hell, the lake of fire, the bottomless pit, different degrees and different times in there. But a prayer cannot go from there into the holy throne room of God because there's no intercessor there to intercede for you. The Holy Ghost make of intercession for us, Romans 8, with utterance which cannot be uttered. And the Holy Ghost takes that prayer, and neighbor and I got to hurry. He takes that prayer, presents that prayer to Jesus, fixed up, turned around, scripted just like it ought to be, a, saint, a saint's prayer. And Jesus presents that to the Father, and the Father grants that request. You don't have the Holy Ghost to help you to intercede for you, and you don't have Jesus to intercede for you. I wish God would answer your prayer, maybe, but I'm telling you this, He can't hear you. He wouldn't hear His Son when He had sin on Him. I got good news for the church, Psalm 66, 18, I think it is. I didn't have this one written down. David, a man after God's own heart, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will hear me. And Jesus is sin. He has become sin upon the cross of Calvary. God made him to be sin. And there's a big difference between that and being a sinner, all right? But nevertheless, he became sin, and God the Father turned his back upon him, closed his eyes, and stopped his ear, and could not hear, see, or neighbor help the Son of God on the cross of Calvary. He was unhelped. He was unheard. Let me give you two more quickly and I'll be through. Look in verse number verse number 6. Jesus is on the cross of Calvary prophetically in Psalm 22 and He said, but I am a worm. Look at verse number 3. But thou art holy. He's unhelped. He's unheard. And in verse number 6, he's unholy. Listen to me. Why didn't he say, uh, I'm a unicorn? Why didn't he say, I'm a dog? Dogs are known to be nasty and filthy and 
I can understand these women letting the dog lick them in the mouth. Amen. Lord, have mercy. He'll clean himself up, then go lick mama in the mouth. Hello, Tokyo. I don't want no doggy sugar on my lips. Amen. I don't mind that red lipstick over Yana when she wears any, but uh, I don't want no dog kissing me. Amen. You say you're 82. Yeah, but they might be a little snow on the roof. There's still some fire in the furnace. Amen. He's unhelped. He's unheard. And he's unholy. God don't hear unholy people. Now, I don't care what Dr. Smellfungus told you, and he had three degrees, the cold is freezing to death, amen. God does not hear unholy people. Now, I'm not going to argue with you about your prayer life. Why did he say a worm, Dr. Jackson? Why did he say worm? Why didn't he say a dog or a horse or a lamb? Why didn't he say, but I am a lamb? And he said, I'm a worm. A worm is God's lowest creation, simple form of creation. My Bible reading is coming through Leviticus and Numbers, and I don't skip over it. I don't try to read it real fast and say, I read it. I've been digging in Leviticus. I've been digging in Numbers. And Brother Jared, you dig in Numbers. I believe, don't quote me, don't write it down in ink yet, but I believe it's chapter number 14, somewhere right in there. The Bible said that Passover, when that sacrifice came, the Bible said not a bone of that sacrifice can be broken. Did you know a worm doesn't have a skeletal system? If it had been a dog, dogs got bones. My neighbor's dog tried to bite me this past week, and I shoot him off. Then he got after my daughter yesterday, and the next time he comes, I'm going to shoot him between the eyes with my 38. I might use this nine, amen. Why didn't you say a dog? A dog has got to hit the... If a, the sacrifice would have been a dog or a lamb or a turtle dove, a, it, would have had, it would have had a skeletal system. Here's what they did to those worms. This worm here, Psalms 22. The Hebrew there, from what I have read, the word there is crimson coccus, C-O-C-U-S. Crimson coccus. That was a little purple worm, scarlet-colored purple worm. They would gather those, and they would crush those, and they would make the royal dye that stained the garments of those that wore the royalty. That sacrifice had to be crushed at the cross of Calvary in Psalms 22. And the blood came forward. You know why when the soldiers came, was it Pilate said go and check and they went and the first thief, they broke his legs, he died. The reason they died on the cross, and you know this, that when they nailed to the cross, they would keep themselves suspended like that, keep their chest up by their legs, and death on the cross was suffocation. 
It wasn't a nail in the hand. It wasn't a nail in the feet. It was suffocation. They would completely get exhausted and their lungs would collapse and they would die of suffocation, a slow, terrible death. Broke the thief on the cross's legs, broke the other one's legs and they died and they came to Jesus and he was already dead. They break not his legs is what the gospel said. This little worm in Psalms 22, I am a worm. That crimson caucus, they would crush that worm and they would take that secretion or that fluid from that worm and they would die and make it royal garments like this carpet, the color of that, where they could wear royalty. That's why Jesus said, I'm a worm. That's why he become unholy, so he could shed his blood and wash us and make us to be white as snow in the sight of God our Father. He's unheard, he's unhelped, and he's unholy. One more and I'm through. And I would listen to this very closely and I'm through. Look at verse number six. Verse number, let's drop down to verse number, well, six will do. I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised. Of the people. I underline despised in verse number six. He's unhelped, he's unheard, he's unholy, and the Bible said he was despised of the people. He's unwanted. Unwanted. I think. You would have to be willingly ignorant, did not see Jesus in Psalms 22. From his birth, his life, they mocked him, they scorned him, they rejected him, they crucified him, they put him in the dust, of the Psalm said, they put him in the dust of the earth, he raised out of that, ascended to the Father. All of those things, 33 of them are in Psalms 22. Why wouldn't you not want a Savior like that? We hid, as it were, our faces from him. His despised, and we esteemed him not. Yet he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was among He took our whipping. He paid our sin debt. I rejected him for 20, till I was 26 years old. But the night I come to myself, and realized that I was lost and undone without God and going to hell. And our lives and our home was about to be shattered and was shattered. And Jesus passed by with a crown of thorns on his head and said, I'm doing this for you. I want to save you by the grace of God. I accepted him as my Savior into my heart. And he saved me by the grace of God. I invited him in and he came in. No longer did I not want him, preacher. No longer was I going to reject him. I needed him and I cried out to him and there's people on the sound of my voice why in the name of heaven wouldn't you come to Jesus today and bow at the foot of the cross and say Lord Jesus I believe what the preacher said I believe you did all of that for me and I want you to come into my heart and save me by the grace of God the world doesn't want him you listen to me if he came back today they would do their best to crucify him again He's despised and rejected of men. But when you realize you need Him, and I hope you do that before the Father becomes your judge. Are you listening to me? 
I hope you realize you need him before you die. I put stamps to put the address on our mail when we mailed it, started it years ago. Don't die without Christ. Jesus did every bit of that in Psalms 22. If you would have been the only man, woman, boy, or girl on the face of this earth, he would have done the same thing. If I'd have been the only little toe-headed boy in the mountains of West Virginia 50, well, 82 years ago, he would have still gone to Calvary and died for me. He wants to save you this morning. The cry of the crucified. He's crying out, Father, why don't they want me? Why do they reject me? Don't reject him this morning. The preacher's going to come and give an invitation. What you need to do if you listen to some wisdom. Slip out of your seat. Bow before the throne of God's mercy and grace. And ask God to save you by the grace of God. That's how easy it is to get saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.